What's good, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the SD Prep Insider Studios. Got another great football player joining me today on the Blast Radius Coffee Hotline. We've got Charlie Mossy from the Bishop's School. He's listed as a defensive end, but uh, Charlie will probably tell you that basically everyone at Bishop's knows how to play all 22 positions. Charlie, is that accurate? Uh, yes, sir. It definitely is. Have you played all 22 positions at some point, at least in practice? Uh, in practice, I'm still working on getting safety and corner, but uh, the rest of them, yes. Have you done kicker? Uh, kicker, no, actually. I tried out for punter, but that didn't work. Really? Do tell us that. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like every year it's kind of up in the air who our punter is. We usually have a soccer kid who can actually kick, but punter is kind of like up in the air who can actually do it. So everyone kind of tries out. Well, I, 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 I want to. I, we can go ahead and just start with that. Um, last year, you guys end up actually in the real games playing a bit of musical chairs uh, with Tyler Buckner going down. Everyone having to relocate to different positions. But one of the memories that absolutely stuck out for me was you're playing at Modern Day Catholic, and your soccer kid, as you put it, was not there to be your kicker. So you were fourth and goal. Late in the game, you needed a field goal to try and go ahead in the game. Coach decides to go for it anyway because you didn't have a kicker. Doesn't convert there, but it ends up all working out a little bit later in the game with a punt return for a touchdown after you guys have a good defensive stand. So for whatever reason, it seems like you guys just have always figured out a way to actually not need special teams. Yeah, yeah. Joel, uh, our coach, tries to avoid punting as much as possible. And I guess... For the time that I've been there, it usually works out. I mean, we have a lot of stuff up our sleeves um, for fourth and long and whatever. But we just try to, since we're weak in that area, we try to make up for it with uh, fast offense. Well, I would say that as a La Jolla alum, one of the weak in the punting area moments that always hurts me was a couple years ago. You guys were up like 35, 42 nothing or something like that on La Jolla. And... Moses Mooney took a, a punt that got botched and ran it for like 60 yards. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. so so a lot of good moments like that. So you talk about the last couple of years have been good to you. You guys have made deep playoff runs. You've been the small school that every year countywide everyone uses as the the rallying cry, the case point, the example, whatever you want to put it as, oh, they're small, they're in a lower division, but they deserve to be in the top 10. You know, they compete with big schools like Grossmont and schools that are in Division One. actually. So just kind of give us a little little bit of a, a what has it been like playing at a small school that is constantly at a high level? Uh, it's a lot. It, it takes a lot on the practice field. I think that's really where it starts and kind of our mentality. It's always been that, you know, usually we're the underdogs in our fights, and and we have kind of this chip on our shoulder that we have to to perform at the highest level and come out the gates as fast as possible because we know that our guys we don't have as many as the other teams. We may not be as conditioned as the other team, but we just got to keep going, and that's why we like to punch them in the mouth right at the start, and that's kind of our mentality. Now, for you on the defensive side, it seems like the philosophy it couldn't have been put any better than punch them in the mouth, but it seems like it, it's it's almost a, a one-up type of culture of you, you, the offense gets a lot of the love. And a couple of years ago with the Jackson brothers, 
and being constantly just slinging the ball, very known. But on the defensive side, I feel like you guys are always like, wait, 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 no, no, no. They just succeed because we keep getting them the ball back. And we give them all the opportunity. So it almost seems like there's this in-game rivalry between both sides of the ball. And, and granted, there are a lot of guys that go on both sides of the ball. But is that a little bit accurate, that there's almost an internal competition that kind of fuels all that success? Uh, like you said, yeah, a lot of guys do go both ways. But I feel like it's our offense is really fun to watch, so it gets a lot of attention. It's usually they make some pretty cool plays with, like, Moses and, and Jeffrey and Jacob. But um, it definitely is. You know, we're working together, but it's it's always like, oh, we got we got to show up now. Oh, they made that 60-yard catch. Now we got we got to do our thing. Well, it, it, if, do I have this correct? That you had a game last year that you had five sacks. Yes, that's correct. So five sacks is the career high for you. Does that equal out to one sixty-yard pass, two sixty-yard passes? Where where do you put five sacks in terms in terms of you know how does that equate with the offensive highlights? Uh, that's got to be a couple touchdowns. Okay, I like that. I like that. Maybe, uh, maybe cool like play, a yeah. like a one and a half sack per touchdown ratio. So some sort of math yeah. equation like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the exact conversions, but yeah. Well, you might have to know the exact conversion someday because uh, you have just recently committed to one of the hardest academic schools to get into in the entire world, Penn. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to tell us a little bit about that decision? Uh, well, yeah. So uh, I headed out to the East Coast with my parents. Um, Penn was the first stop on my, my camp tours. And uh, I got the offer the day after the camp. And then uh, I had already fell in love with Penn. I visited uh, as a freshman for actually lacrosse because I thought I was going to play lacrosse, but that didn't work out. And then, uh, so I've kind of had just a natural love for the campus and like the culture there. And then I met with the coaches and they were just so awesome that couldn't, couldn't refuse. Now, are you going there for the Wharton School of Business or is there a different plan? Uh, as of now, that's the plan. I'm still working on uh, all the kinks and stuff, but hope, hopefully that'll play out. So that's why I say you need to know these conversion rates because I feel like uh, you're, you're going to get hit with a whole lot of numbers there. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the Wharton School of Business is, basically, if you are worth a billion dollars and you uh, are, are a head of a Fortune 500 company, chances are you came from Wharton. Uh, so I look forward to working for you someday. Uh, I think that uh, we all look forward to it. Um, just, you know, remember the little guys on, on your way up. Um, are you ready for a good winter? Have you have you experienced an East Coast winter yet? Uh, not completely. I went out there for a visit, um, and just like standing out there, you know, kind of tightens up the joints. But um, I talked to to Justin Woodley, who plays at Columbia now, and he's like, he sent me pictures of them like playing in the snow, and he just said to get used to it. So after a while, I think it'll be tough, but wear enough layers, and I'll be good. So start layering up now would be my uh, my advice. Start buying as many North Face or, or whatever uh, type of jackets you'd like to get so that you are fully prepared. But you bring up an interesting – you talked to Justin Woodley. You had mentioned Moses Mooney, the Jackson brothers. Right now you've got Tyler Buckner, who's the really, really well-known commit. Uh, Clarence – like the list just keeps on going for the Bishop School and Division One talent. What has that been like in terms of helping you get to where you're able to commit to a Division One school? Because you guys aren't a, a flash in a pan. Oh, we had one guy here, one guy there. It seems like there's a really consistent high level of, man, that's where we got to be to just compete here. But 
then you see that it translates into that next level of success. Well, I mean, since as I've been there, we've never had a JV team. So I'm looking up, I'm playing directly with these guys who are Division One talents. That's what they talk about during practice. Like I see them getting offers. I see them, what they're doing in the weight room. And they're setting good examples for me. And then that just kind of pushes me to the level that I want to be at and realize that it is possible. And that like if I do the work like in the classroom and on the field, like it'll come. All right, so let's let's get off the field then and let's talk in the classroom and other things like that. What is your favorite class or best subject in school? Uh, I really like history. Okay, uh, American history, world history. What what where do, where do you uh, where do you specialize in? Uh, American history. Okay, so uh, are you a you can rattle off like all the presidents and vice presidents level of, of are you, is there a hidden history buff or or talent in there somewhere? Uh, I don't have just the, the numbers down, but like, I just like reading, um, we had this fun class this year and it was just like a lot of like deeper level thinking about like primary sources and all that boring stuff, but I, I, I like it. So hit the people with some of your favorite figures in American history. Oh, um, or who you find most fascinating, maybe. Ooh, most fascinating. Well, I did, I wrote a research paper about, um, CIA intervention into the Guatemalan coup. So, um, and that was like with Eisenhower, so I did a lot of research on him and um, some of the guys in the CIA. So that's, yeah. Okay. And then the rest you're not allowed to talk about because it's all been redacted and, uh, <laughs> and, and protect, you're protecting us for our own good. Uh, yeah, of course. So w- w- let's, uh, let's keep the theme of just off the field stuff. What is, what were, or what is, what were your, some of your, your favorite shows growing up? TV shows? Yeah, TV shows. Cartoons, TV shows. What were you watching? Like, what were some of the childhood favorites? Uh, Drake and Josh, uh, SpongeBob. What else? Who's the favorite yeah, character in SpongeBob? Uh, is it bad to just say SpongeBob? No, no, not at all. I, Patrick, I, I, maybe? Patrick is a legend. I, you know, I always enjoyed Gary. I thought he was a very relatable character. Um, yeah, just kind of yeah. kind of on the wall, kind of always going, you guys are crazy. Leave me out of this. Um, and then he knows how to tie shoes. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was always, that always kind of blew my mind. Uh, so what are uh, some of, or what are your favorite video games? Oh, uh, I play a lot of Black Ops 4 right now. Um, yeah, that's most of my time. What is the favorite all-time of the Call of Duties? What, what was your favorite of the entire franchise? Oh, uh, Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2? I get a lot of votes for Black Ops 2. Uh, yeah, I, good I, one. It, it must have been. Um, Spikeball, do you play it? I do, yes. Okay, so Clarence was on here a couple weeks ago talking about it. We've we've gotten a lot of guys in general saying that they think it should be and they would enjoy it being a high school sport. Do you endorse that? Yeah, I think it'd be fun, yeah. Where do you think bishops would fall in the rank of, of, of could they be an open division school for spike ball? Uh, I think yes, but I think it depends on the setting. You know, uh, we play a lot at the beach, and we're in sand, so it's a little different when we get to the turf, but... You know, well, does sand we give adapt. you the advantage though? When it comes yeah, to turf, yeah, we played sand. We'd have the advantage on on sand. Well, but I'm saying, does practicing on sand still give you the advantage on turf? Because you guys are more explosive. You got better lateral oh. speed. That's true. I didn't think about that. So let's uh, let's build out the roster. I I I don't know if you listened to Clarence's interview and and, and compared notes, but I want to see who you would put on the starting five 
you know, a five-man roster for uh, for Bishop's varsity spike ball team? Uh, sadly, there'd be a lot of water polo guys on it, I think, but um, it'd be me. I, I don't even know if I'd put Clarence on it. I'd put, <laughs> I'd put Austin Schroeder. Um, so me, Austin Schroeder, um, Rade Hosalker, um, well, Daniel Massad and Matt Cohen. Okay. Okay. You mentioned the water polo there. Just kind of a, 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 an interesting little sub context I've always enjoyed with certain coastal schools, La Jolla, Bishops, Coronado. And, and for those of you listening that are not either really super coastal or, or maybe from San Diego, Water polo is a very legitimate sport here, and it's played at a very high level. Perhaps nowhere else other than Bishops is it played at, like, the highest level all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a fall sport. Is, is it? It's almost kind of – it's hard to explain sometimes to people that it can be a, a, a bigger draw. It can be more, like, hyped up than, uh, than football even. So what is it like having to compete with? You know, you guys are out there winning state championships, going on CIF runs, but then – you know, the guys and girls water polo team is neck and neck with you. I feel like it, it must create a really competitive, high athletic environment at Bishops. Uh, extremely, actually. Uh, one of my best buds, Max Keck, he's uh, one of the stars on the water polo team. And we always, like, jab each other um, about he doesn't have a ring, and I do. And then he goes, oh, it's D3. And then <laughs> a lot of that back and forth. But uh, it's a lot of fun. We go out to all the games. Um, they're really fun to watch. And I'm, I've learned a lot because – um, I had never thought of or like heard of or watched water polo before I went to Bishop. And then when you get there, it's just such a big part of the school that you kind of, you kind of start to like it. Oh, it's an amazing environment, especially when you get into the playoffs and you get something like a Bishop's Carlsbad, Bishop's La Jolla, Bishop's Coronado, something like that. It, it, it really can be awesome to go to that Coggin pool, have it be packed, almost sold out. It, it, the dungeon always does a great job uh, turning up to games like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, just one other question about that. I, 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 I have always been caught off guard by just how loud Coach Peabody is. And on the flip side, just how quiet Coach Allen is. I almost think that the two of them, just if you kind of put out the cliche of, you know, pool, beach, more relaxed vibes, football being a little more aggressive. I almost think the two of them, just personalities would be flopped. How do you think Coach Peabody would do as the, you know, do you think he would provide good uh, energy for you guys as a football coach? Oh, 100%. I mean, I'll talk to him, like, because I always walk by the pool deck um, on the way to the field, and I always talk to him about who we got this week for the game, and he's he's very inspiring. And you can definitely hear him. We'll hear them him yelling uh, up on the field just because he's just so vocal, like, all the time. Oh, it's amazing. I And, and his personality, most, if not all, the Bishop's coaches that I've ever met, really, truly nice people that genuinely just care about you off the field, and Peabody is nonetheless of that. But it, it doesn't almost match up because you like, it's like you said, you're a, you're a good almost you know two football fields away practicing, and you can hear him yelling out orders. And then sometimes, you know, I'm sure Coach Allen, you're kind of like, Coach, can you speak up a little bit? Like you're very, you're, you're very relaxed right now. Um, yeah, Coach Allen's uh, very relaxed, but we have uh, our our own hype man on the team, Danny Newsom. He's a security guard, and uh, he helps uh, coach the line. And he's very very vocal. I mean, you can hear him from 
from the top of the stands during the game, like all the time. Well, you guys at Bishops have kind of a really interesting setup because, like you said, it's a small team, usually 30 or less guys. I feel like, though, you almost have a one-to-one coaching-to-player ratio. I'm sure I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but (laughs) is that part of the success for you guys? The secret to the success is you guys get such quality and in-depth coaching that you feel like everyone always knows exactly what they need to do because no part of it has been overlooked? Oh, 100%. I mean, on defense, uh, Coach Shane Walton, he makes us know every position on the field um, at all times for every play. So, I mean, it's just that in-depth. And, and when we have such a small group, he can pick you apart when you know when he knows you don't know your stuff. Like, he'll, he'll ask a question. He'll see some kid, like, look look away from him, and then, boom, you have to make you come out, drill the whole thing, draw it up kind of thing. So there's there's no hiding in, in, in literal numbers because you don't have anywhere to hide on the sideline, but also in film during the week. There's no being able to be like, oh, I didn't know my assignment there. Yeah, definitely. All right, a couple more off-the-field questions. Um, what is your favorite cereal? Cereal? Yeah, cereal. Captain uh, Crunch, probably. Okay. I, I, I sense a little hesitation. Are you not a big cereal guy, or do you like just too many of them? Well, I, I don't really drink milk, but when I did, it would, it would be Captain Crunch. Okay, okay. Um, are, are just no milk in general, or are you more of an almond milk guy, or, or just don't like it? Uh, I just don't drink it. I don't like to have dairy, but I, I do like cheese, so I don't really call call myself lactose intolerant. But yeah, I just don't drink milk. So what kind? Are, then, then the follow up question has to be: What's the guilty pleasure of cheese? Are you a string cheese guy? Do you like a mozzarella? Are you a blue cheese? What What, what are you willing to sacrifice there for? Oh, just just a good old homemade grilled cheese. Oh man, it's amazing. I I I always love meeting a fellow grilled cheese enthusiast. I I <laughs> I eat too many of them on, on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, that might be my lack of cooking skills. Or, or I don't know, but I, <laughs> I, I certainly, I do enjoy them. And I always, I always get people being like, "You're crazy" when I say I prefer grilled cheese over quesadillas. Uh, I think I'd have to agree. Okay, um, so let's see. Then, if you're not a cereal guy necessarily, what's your favorite dip? Are you a guacamole, salsa, spinach dip? What do you like? Uh, probably guacamole. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so senior season, we'll, we'll get back to the football. Uh, senior season's coming up. You obviously have taken a big weight off your shoulders with knowing where you're going to go to college, but you know, what do you still have left for yourself that you're, 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 you want to check off the boxes of you have the bar set for? What are you looking forward to this season? Uh, definitely having the opportunity to win a state championship. I mean, that's, that's what we, we practice for. That's why we're in the weight room every day, and, and that's, why not train for the top, you know? For you personally, any goals you have set? Anything that you're trying to achieve? Uh, I think just do the best I can. I don't know. I, I listened to Clarence, and he said uh, be a finalist for the, the pigskin, so I think I might want to try that, too. That sounds pretty fun. So we're going to have multiple people on Bishops trying to get for that silver pigskin. I like that. That's good. That's a nice yeah, competitive level. Hey, you know what? If you get five sacks a game, that might not be shooting for the moon. <laughs> Although it does always feel like defensive players never get the same love and hype that offensive players get. You feel like that's something that just has, has been the epitome of your existence uh, for all four years? Yeah, tail old as time, you know. So is, any chance we can uh, 
Coach uh, Coach Mitchell, if you're listening on the offensive side, if there's any chance we can uh, get Charlie put in maybe as like a tight end, throw him a little little out route, get him a touchdown or two this season, would you be okay with that? I've been saying that for four years, Coach. <laughs> well, okay, wait. You've been you've been rallying for this for four years, and they haven't hooked you up yet. Yeah, they put me in left tackle. <laughs> what? What? Wait, 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 wait! I am so confused. What does somebody have to do to get a little bit of love on that offense after all the work you do for the defense? <laughs> I think it's I think it's a numbers thing, but I, I agree. No, no, it cannot be a numbers thing. You guys have so many touchdowns being given out to so many different people every single season. I, I let, let me let me okay, give me a second. Let me draw up the the stats from last year. Uh, last year. Even on a uh, down offensive year, you guys still scored 35 touchdowns. We'll go back one more year to when you had a, a, a fully functioning offense. Yeah, 64 touchdowns scored as a team yeah, in 2017. You think that if they're back close to that level, one of those 60 <laughs> touchdowns could be given out to Charlie. So uh, maybe we start the, ha- the, the hashtag touchdowns for Charlie or something like that this season. Uh, get that going on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, you let us know whatever pressure we need to apply uh, on coach to get that done. All right, yeah. So, well, you know, I always like to just close out with what people give people a little sample of your schedule this year. You got La Jolla, University City, Modern Day Catholic, Rosamond, who's a non section team, Francis Parker, Orange Glen, La Jolla Country Day, Tri City Christian, Classical Academy, Santa Fe Christian. That's the schedule this year. The one game that I do think is kind of interesting, a pair of games that I, I find kind of interesting, one is opening up against La Jolla. That one has got to be really interesting because it's a, it, 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 for the longest time, it wasn't a rivalry. You guys were in different divisions, and then you completely f- blew past them in terms of skill level. It feels like the last couple of years, La Jolla has been fighting to get that closer, so that's got to be a lot of fun uh, to start the season off with. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we're looking for right now. I mean, I can't wait to play that game because last time we played them, uh, I think it was when I was a freshman, and I, I didn't even get to play that game. And it's just like, you know, I played them in lacrosse, you know, who runs LJ kind of thing, and I think we're all really excited for that one. And then the second game that I always think for you guys specifically is interesting is the non-section teams. Every single year it seems like you guys find somebody from Orange County, L.A., who is not a tomato can, easy to beat up. You play some legitimate talent. So what has that been like always testing yourself against some non-section team? I mean, it's, it's really awesome. Normally we get to play St. Margaret's, and that's, that's usually my favorite game of the year. It's just so high tension, and like there's always a bunch of um, like a talk on social media before that game, and, and they bring the heat. Like They bring all their fans, and that's not an easy team to beat. Um, but they're also really fun to play. And that game kind of fell through this year. So it's kind of a, a dash to see who we could get. So we got Roseman. You guys have also uh, played at a team in Florida. What was that experience like? Um, that was tough. They, they were not what we expected. You know, they came really hard. It was, it was just a different level of football for us. But we got to go to an amusement park. Like We got to stay in the hotel. It, it was really It was a fun trip, but the game wasn't too special. It was uh, the the one. I mean, it was the longest road trip that any team took uh, last season. This year, Orange Glen is opening up in Hawaii, so they I think they have the uh, the record for longest road trip this season. But oh, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I I've, I wanted so badly to be able to follow them all season long, just to just to be able to tag along there. Um, but in general, just the experience of playing somebody like that, who's a, a higher caliber, good rivalry out of section, so you don't really see them in passing league and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that that is part of what helps build you guys up every season as a really high caliber football team instead of playing just another team who you've played them and you're sort of going through the motions knowing, hey, we're going to beat these guys? Yeah, I think definitely that's that's the mentality that uh, Coach Allen has when he's when he's scheduling these, and that's kind of like mirrored throughout the whole team. It's just like we got to challenge ourselves. Like with scheduling growth month for like the past few years, like we got we got to push ourselves and kind of prove ourselves right off the bat that that we aren't just this, this small school that's, oh, we're just beating these little schools here and there. Like, we're actually competing. You talked about uh, all the trash and just what's being talked on social media. For you personally, just want to talk about social media for a little bit. How much of a role did that play in helping you get recruited? Oh, the, the biggest role. I, I, I don't think I could have gotten to where I am if I didn't download Twitter freshman year. So I, I think that I always like to just kind of have this be an opportunity for the, the juniors and seniors that are talking right now to us to speak to the younger grades of, of kids and maybe parents also listening uh, of what are some of the steps that you can take to be your biggest, your own advocate to really help yourself? Uh, I'd say get a Twitter. Uh, it's a business Twitter. It's not for for looking at memes or whatever or posting pictures at parties like it's you're going to have your highlights up, maybe some weightlifting clips. Like I, I followed, I'd go to Dom Haley's profile, look at his followers, just follow every coach you followed. Um, then I'd send out messages once I got my test scores, when I made my highlight, like, and it's, it's hard because sometimes, you know, they don't open, they don't respond, but then you get the, the, the momentum going and it kind of opens up so many doors. So, you know, I, I really, I, I hate the parts of these interviews where I have to truly date how old I am because I, I'm not, not ancient. I'm only 28. I don't feel like I'm that old, but I can, <laughs> I can think back to, I was physically mailing DVDs. I was sending things out like that and hoping that my coach had a connection with their coach and I would you know, maybe meet a guy at a camp who knew somebody and it, it was, unless you were a really nationally hyped up recruit, you, you, you struggled to get traction outside of that you know, smaller Southern California region. For you, it was East Coast. You were able to look nationally, and you're really saying that it was your own actions on Twitter. And, and so I think that that's awesome. I, I say congratulations on being able to do that. But to the parents and kids out there who are listening right now, really take the, this advice to heart. Be your own – be responsible, but, but you know, like he's saying, follow coaches, follow programs – I'm sure that, like you said, you had plenty that didn't get back to you, but all it takes is that one, and then the door kind of opens. Because did you do uh, did you do any regular emails or or mail anything or or phone calls or was it really only Twitter? Uh, the first time, uh, Coach Allen sent me a bunch of names um, with emails, and I just sent out all my emails. Um, not many responses. Like it just took a while to get my get it, get the ball rolling, kind of thing, and then kind of just like like the finishing thing was just once you have like those those colleges that you nailed down like the potential ones it's um getting out to the camps and the camps are what what got me my offers 
Okay. Okay. Um, those camps, I think, are always always really interesting experiences because you get kind of the same thing like you you have with the non-section opponents. You get a view at where that Division One talent really stands. So the, the summer can be just as big of, of an experience and opportunity to grow as a football player as the regular season can. Am I right about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just – because, yeah, I, I'll, I'll play the same guys almost every year. I mean, maybe you'll get one non-section team that you haven't played before, but this is where you see guys who are trying to play in college who will play in college, and they're they're not just normal high school football players. Like, these guys are working just as hard as you, and, and you have to try to beat them out and show up at the camp. Now, you talked about playing lacrosse when you first came to Bishop's. Uh, there was an interesting article posted on Sports Illustrated a couple days ago about this was specifically for basketball, but kind of goes to youth sports in general that kids focusing year round only on one sport is, is causing them to be more injury prone because they don't get really any specific time off for that muscle set for their body. So, you know, you now that you have decided to make football your life in college, will ultimately end up playing one sport. But would you advocate, you know, take a small break, go do other sports, you know, being a lacrosse player for a little while actually kind of helped you become a better football player? Or would you say, hey, look, just focus on one sport? Oh, I'm an advocate for playing as many sports as you can. I mean, it's just, I wouldn't force yourself to play a sport that you don't like, obviously, but like, I love lacrosse. I love football. Like, it's it just, I did things I love. And, Throughout all child, like I, I played soccer, I played basketball. I tried a bunch in middle school, and then high school. I kind of, you know, filtered it through to lacrosse and football. And now, it's just going to be football. So probably no, playing lacrosse next year. You might play lacrosse this year. Oh, I'm going to play lacrosse um, for school next year. All right, very nice, very nice. I think that personally, I have become a, a huge convert lately to the world of lacrosse. I think that it is fast-paced it's a lot of fun it it almost gives you a little bit of that football sense in the springtime I think that it could be uh, a lot more popular and a lot of people need to be converted to it kind of forcefully because they don't know anything about it because it's not really a youth sport growing up but I mean do you agree that in the in the next 10 years that you could see lacrosse really becoming the big one the biggest spring sport uh I really hope so I mean just you know, I I've been I grew up playing it. Like I love it. My brothers played it. Um, but yeah, it's true. On the on the West Coast, it's gotten a lot bigger. Um, we see schools like Torrey Pines competing nationally. Like they were what top fifteen, I think, this year. And I think that's really important because every time I talk about lacrosse, it's either oh what's that or it's like oh you guys play that on the West Coast. Like I thought that was just an East Coast thing. Oh, I, I think it's I think it's going to grow a lot more nationally. I got the I the, when I uh, I attended Syracuse University, so I got the full blown just ridicule of wait 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 you don't know what lacrosse is you just think it's this weird secondary spring sport for kids that don't play baseball and I'm like well yeah that <laughs> that is what it is and then people are like no 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 wait hold on hold on hold on we're taking you to a high school lacrosse game I'm like okay sure. Great, let's go check it out. 10,000 people are there on a Friday night to watch a high school lacrosse game upstate New York. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair it's enough. crazy. Um, that also just, I, I think, to be kind of brings up one more point of the absurdity of the athletics at Bishops is Isaiah Dawson. 
and mm-hmm. not being a football player at all, you guys had to like basically drag him out of lacrosse to come play football his senior year. And I remember so many guys countywide would talk to us and be like, yo, who's that number four, that DB at Bishops? Where did he come from? And I'm like, oh, yeah, um, he's a lacrosse player through and through. He doesn't want to play football. They're like, what? No, 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 no. He's for sure going D1 somewhere. I'm like, yeah, he's going D1 to play lacrosse at Harvard. He has been for committed there since like eighth grade. They're like, no, 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 you're joking with me. I'm like, yeah, no, he's he, he's just doing football for fun. And that's the, those are the kind of athletes that are starting to compete now in lacrosse. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see you adding lacrosse in college. Don't want to, don't want to put all that on your plate, but, uh, but it certainly seems like you have a bright future ahead of you. Charlie, where can people find you on social media so they can follow all your success this season? Uh, Twitter is uh, cmossy22, uh, Instagram, uh, cmossy1, and yeah. All righty. Well, he is Charlie Mossy. You're going to be wearing 60 again this year? I think so, yeah. All right. He's number 60. We're going to have to find a way to make that an eligible number at some point uh, so he can <laughs> score at least one touchdown. Remember, hashtag touchdowns for Charlie. We need to get that yes, going, sir. folks. Uh, thank you very much for checking in with us, man, and best of luck this season. Of course. Thank you for having me. The show is SD Prep Insider. I am Mr. CPED. Thank you very much for checking in. Go catch some Bishops football this season. They play at La Jolla High School, but they run that field. It's their home's turf, basically. (laughs) Go enjoy it this season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, sports fans.